Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, I want to welcome you to the House of Honor podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I want to go into a little bit today in terms of an introduction to myself, to how I got into wrestling, and to Ring of Honor. Without integrity and honor, having everything means nothing. Robin Sharma. The idea that two men can meet in a professional wrestling ring and decide who the better man is just through their skills. No politics, one man versus the other, one team versus the other. And and your best wrestling skill is what gets your hand raised that night. wrestler needs a few things to enter the ring. He needs his boots, his trunks, and a belief that he is the best. Even though there may be thousands of people shouting his name, there is only one other person on his mind. For the amount of preparation they put in, the hours, the days, the weeks, and the years, it is all put to a test once they enter the ring. A test of wills. A game of chess. To lose means you must start all over again. But to win means you're better. Night after night, battle after battle to reach the top. You need to be better than the rest. You need to be undeniable. And only one can stand at the top. There's only one that can be at the pinnacle. Two thousand two was a time of great change in professional wrestling. Gone were the days of warring wrestling promotions on Monday nights. Instead, a new spirit was unearthed—a new promotion that centered on pure wrestling, competition, and honor. Well, for me, Ring of Honor filled a void. I was always used to having more than one option to watch for professional wrestling. And when the field really narrowed in 2001, uh, from the ashes rose Ring of Honor. You know, we've been doing this thing for a long time now. And we're on the first show. We're still here. We're still doing our thing. We take pride in anybody who comes here. They know damn well if they want to do anything in the tag team division, they got to go through the Briscoes. The measuring stick of the You know, I started wrestling when I was 15 years old and Ring of Honor started up and me and Jay were with Ring of Honor from the beginning two years later I'm 17 Jay's 18. I mean it just you know this just where we meant to be. We're gonna have to talk to God about that I mean this is where God chose for us to be. Briscoe's are in Ring of Honor. Built from the ground up by founding fathers like Low Key Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels, built on one principle, honor. Still, to this day, Ring of Honor wrestlers are asked to the center of the ring before each match, a moment of respect, the handshake, the code of honor. I feel 
like the letters ROH, the code of Ring of Honor, it's, it's always signified the best essence of professional wrestling. And Ring of Honor was, was an organization that, that produced dream matches, independent dream matches, and always featured the best wrestling on the planet. I remember um, when I was buying tickets to come to Ring of Honor, watching all the champions, guys like Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian Daniels, and I watched all those guys hold the Ring of Honor World Championship while I was paying for a ticket sitting in the seats. We, as a company, present the best in-ring product in the world. Ring of Honor is even more than that. It's like, uh, it's like home, like it really is. There ain't really no other way to describe it. It's like, this is home, you know? Well, to be known, to be associated with Ring of Honor from the beginning, that caveat, that, that honor grew as Ring of Honor grew. But now 15, 16, almost 17 years, to be the original main inventor in Ring of Honor, it, it holds, it holds a, a level of stature that I'm very proud of. We focus on the in-ring product. Um, and the coolest part about that is average match length here in Ring of Honor is about 15 minutes. The other companies that I worked for, about seven or eight. Across the two decades of existence, the men and women who have occupied the Ring of Honor locker room are the best of the best. Ring of Honor is really unique to me because we have this amazing blend of the, the best up and coming stars, guys like Flip Gordon, guys like Matt Taven, Dalton Castle, and, and some of the great established stars like Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, Cody. It, these are stars that, that fans all around the world either know or are becoming to know. And it's this amazing convergence of a place that, that young men and women athletes want to come to cut their teeth and establish their, their international stardom, but also a destination where some of the top veterans want to come to really establish their international superstardom. For some, a launching point. For others, a home. I mean, you look at like the people who have moved on and are in different companies, you know, wrestling on Monday night, Tuesday night. Like, just look at the superstars in this business and where so many of them made a name for themselves. Like, they all started here. Uh, I think guys like CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan, um, even Eddie Guerrero, a legend, has uh, performed in a Ring of Honor ring. So there's been so many names that have been in Ring of Honor that have gone on to be world champions. R-O-H. It's three letters indicate a quality, a commitment, a code. You know, I feel like sometimes professional wrestling is its own worst enemy and, and people concentrate on the negatives of professional wrestling. But for me, when I heard the name or when I hear the name Ring of Honor, when I hear those letters ROH, I think about the very best parts of professional wrestling. I always felt like this fit me like a glove. This is a place where you can show your character and you can connect with the fans, but when it gets down to it, the way you earn your money is by climbing through those ropes and wrestling. To reach the pinnacle of this company, if you want to be the best, you don't give up until you hold the ROH World Championship. 
So to come full circle and to be the Ring of Honor World Champion, man, every time I pick that belt up, it just reminds me of my dad driving me to shows with my friends, John and Eric. Uh, it reminds me of exactly why I fell in love with Ring of Honor. You must fight hard, leave it all in the ring, even until your final battle. started with the ROH Pinnacle video that was produced by Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan. Dave Lagana's talent knows no bounds in terms of video editing or set producing this video as far as I'm concerned. If you've seen any of the stuff that he's been doing with £10 of gold or on the build-up to All In, you can appreciate just how good he is. As I said, my name's Danny. I want to start with how I got into wrestling. I was on holiday with a friend at a place called Centre Parks. Probably if anyone who lives in the UK is listening to this, they'll know what Centre Parks is. It's a rural holiday village um, based around the forest. And there's a little village centre. Uh, as part of that, there's a big, what I suppose you'd call a, an aquatic activity centre. A swimming pool with loads of slides, basically, and all different fun activities for kids so that the parents can... Uh, chill out and have a little bit of peace although probably this day and age the parents have probably got to be guarding the children against perverts and whatever else so that's a great step way to start the fact that i'm an old cantankerous man but we were on holiday there and we were playing in the pool me and my mate chris he's not an ace anymore he's actually a bit of a twat these things happen in life what can we do oh by the way this is not a pg podcast but saying that, I don't want to be just swearing for swearing's sake, but seriously, he was a twat. Moving on, we were playing on the, uh, it was a, something by the Rapids, and it was like a little ledge on it, and he said, do you want to play wrestling? At this point, it must have been 1989, I was the grand old age of eight. And I said, what, what, what's wrestling? Where do we start? Well, you know, what, what, what's, this, what's this here, this, the situation? So he tells me about it and he tells me that his brother's been getting these videos of WWF. So I was like, right, okay. And he told me all these names that were going around, these wrestlers. I was just sounded absolutely fantastic. So we, we ended up wrestling. Um, obviously, uh, he'd done the job um, overall. I'm a big lad. Um, not necessarily tall, more wide. A rotund gentleman is how I describe myself. I'm a wrestling fan, obviously, so I think most of the time it's part of the makeup. So, yeah, after I'd uh, won the Centre Park Swimming Pool Championship, um, I'd come, come back from the holiday and he invited me over to his house. We were playing Super Nintendo, uh, possibly Sega Master System, because these were the things the cool kids did at the time. And we put on WrestleMania 5. Oh, I'd never seen anything like it. I, I, I couldn't describe, you know, the, the, just this pure encapsulation of something. Hypnotic. We watched it all and it went through what seemed like a half an hour. 
his brother came in and he was telling us all the different background stories and why such and such was doing this and why so and so was doing that. And because we didn't have Sky TV at the time, um, Sky TV is a satellite system to non-UK listeners who, um, as I say, Sky TV, it's it's a satellite system, very similar to, I suppose, what early cable was like. And that was the one that showed WWF. And, of course, at that time, this is pre-internet. This is even pre-mobile phones. We were living in the dark days, for fuck's sake. So we didn't really know how to find out more about things unless you went to the shop and got a magazine. But at that point, I was only eight, so I wasn't buying any fucking magazines. I'm from Liverpool, but I could read. That's the good thing. And the next week, my dad said, I've seen some of that wrestling on TV. Um, and I'd come down one morning, and just before I started school, I always get up early. Since a kid, I, I always... Well, I don't get up early, that's a lie, but I'm drunk. I, I stay in bed till till I, I feel better. Um, but... Uh, I, if I've got if I'm going to work I'll I'll get up a good amount of time because I need to psych myself up for the day. Even at the age of eight it was the case. So he said to me there's a tape in the um a tape, yes, this is this is what we had to deal with. There's a tape in the video rep- recorder. You might want to watch it before you go to school. And sure enough, World Championship Wrestling. Oh, this really, really started my foray into the wrestling journey. There was a highlights package paid at the start, and I believe it was from the Great American Bash, 1990, probably. So obviously we've gone on a, a little bit at this time. It may, it, may, it may have been 1990, we were on holiday. And what you'll find with me is dates don't always make sense. I can never remember years, WrestleMania numbers, anything like that. It, it just... It, it, it's very rare that I'll get these uh, these things right. So don't at me on Twitter. Actually, on that, you can follow me, Danny, at ROHDude on Twitter. Obviously, the 90s have gone, and I think dude is a very much underused word in this day and age. So, at ROHDude on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on House of Honor Pod. At House of Honor Pod, even. Can you tell I'm not really up with this new age information and these technical beings? It's not a being, is it? It's an inanimate object. Anywho. I was enjoying my time watching WCW every week. It was something that I look forward to. We moved into the... uh, into the into the newer age and were able to get Sky TV, and I would watch WCW and I'd watch WWF, and I can remember watching my first pay per view live. God knows how we got away with it because it was the Royal Rumble, it was the Flair Royal Rumble. Uh, I watched it with a friend, another friend called Chris. He turned out to be a cunt more. Um, there's a pattern emerging here. Yeah, so it was a great night. Anyway, we we sat up and we watched uh, the Flair Rumble. Now, with me watching WCW and Flair and Sting particularly very much being my favourites, this was just fantastic. Bobby Heenan's commentary during this was... It was a work of art. You put that up with any performance of any 
theatrical production in terms of a narrator or anything. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla were absolutely amazing on this one. Flair's performance in terms of the in-ring. He wanted to do 60 minutes in the WWF, I'm told. And obviously, it's very unlikely he was going to get a chance to do it anywhere else. So this was the place. And obviously the iconic interview afterwards with Put that cigarette out. R.I.P. Mean Gene Oakland. So as the years carry on, I I start seeing uh, something on Eurosport, I think it was, and then it, it come onto Sky, and it was just called Bushido. What it was was UWFI, uh, and I won't bore anyone too much about this because it's really a niche within a niche. But if you like strong style or strong hit and shoot style pro wrestling, this is something to watch. It's on Amazon Prime now, Amazon Prime Video. So if you get a chance and you're into that style, you need to watch this. Gary Albright, um, Vader. So many, so many fantastic Americans that went over there. And a lot of the guys um, who were involved in Pancrase um, and also a lot of the guys that set up Pride um, were involved. But as an aside from that, on Bravo, there was another television channel which has since died or been reformed or something else. There was this thing I spotted one night. Extreme wrestling. Now, you've got to understand at this point, information wasn't freely available. Unless you saw something you didn't know, or you knew somebody who was in, into it. And we were all kids. Um, and then as I grew, grew up, and I mean, when I first started watching ECW, it was probably about 15. So all my friends had grown out of wrestling. I'm now 37, will be 38 in June. I still haven't grown out of it. I don't intend to grow out of it. And I still want to be going to shows and manias and following this fantastic, fantastic art form all around the world. I have no intention of growing up. So I found out ECW. And... It was something I'd heard of because of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. We used to get Pro Wrestling Illustrated copies the month after it went out in the US. So everything was behind. But it didn't matter because that little bit of information was creeping in. Um, This, as I say, I I can't honestly remember if I'd heard of ECW through it because it was very early on in the conception of of ECW, um, or since it it started really getting hot, um, so you'd see the rankings at the back, and you'd see these these fantastic pictures from territories. So we're still working out what actually goes on in the world of pro wrestling. That there was other companies other than WWF and WCW, and I remember watching one of the first shows I watched for the ECW. The Eliminators versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu for the ECW World Titles. It was like nothing I'd, I'd ever seen in wrestling before. The WWF had a certain style, and WCW ha- had its own style, but that did mi- mix in a little bit of the Lucha, Lucha Libre influences and the Japanese guys coming over. So you saw a much more varied diet of pro wrestling with WCW. 
However, this was just like I remember seeing Total Elimination for the first time. I had never seen a tag team do anything like that. That was Perry Saturn and John Cronus. Um and obviously anyone who's familiar with ECW who who's seen it. This was groundbreaking. It was it was mad shit, man. Absolutely mad. When the invasion happened and my beloved WCW closed and my beloved ECW closed. After the way that that angle was, it was let down. It could, it, it should have been, it should have been the biggest wrestling storyline ever, and unfortunately, it wasn't. And I took a sabbatical. Didn't purposely take a sabbatical. I just didn't watch. Um, I was flicking about on the TV one day, and at this point now, this is it. We were living in Dreamland on Sky. Because it was about oh, 80 channels. And one of them channels was a channel that was only over here in the UK and in the Republic of Ireland, I believe. I don't think you'll ever guess what this channel was actually about because it's so subtle in the way it was named. It was the wrestling channel. And this used to show old-style world of sport. And I'll be honest with you, it was one of the first times that I'd seen World of Sport I'd had a best of collection but to be honest with you it was mostly Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and very very poor um, especially from a technical aspect versions of pro wrestling but I started watching World of Sport and I had after World of Sport come on there was a a pay-per-view from combat zone wrestling now I'm not a huge lover of combat zone wrestling it's got it's own fans and I'm not going to sit here and criticise it but it kept me interested and I'd noted the channel and I think I could always go back to that so I'd had the little watch and a couple of days later I put the channel on because I had nothing to watch and there was a best of stroke highlight package of Ring of Honor. I was, ooh, what's this? Hmm. And I'd seen matches from, I think it was Roderick Strong and uh, Austin Aries uh, in tag matches. Seeing all these guys that I'd never really heard of and then seeing the likes of Chris Daniels, who I remember very briefly or, or very vaguely from his WCW run um, and AJ Styles and low-key Christopher Daniels and then I saw Brian Danielson the American Dragon and this was a later time at this point so I'd actually got the internet and I didn't have the internet till I lived in my own house so it was about 2021 20, before I even got it um, and because of this little show that I watched, I just I didn't take my eyes off it. I didn't move for a cup of tea or a beer or I just intently watched this because again it was similar to ECW with that gritty sort of production. Because it had to be gritty. There was no 
at that point there was they were doing it in like VA halls or VF halls, whatever they call them, and armories and school high school gyms. There was nothing pretty about the setting. What was going on in ring oh, was special. And then you started seeing guys like Jerry Lynn, uh, Lance Storm, coming over and working with them. And I watched the, this with the wrestling channel, and I can't honestly remember in what order. As I said, memory man here does forget things. But about three, four months after I started watching this on the wrestling channel, I noticed an advert that said it was coming to the Broxbourne Civic Centre, which is miles away from me. Um, but it was also coming to the Liverpool Olympia, my hometown. And it was a show called Unified. And sure enough, I decided... No, nobody was into wrestling at that point, who I knew. So I got tickets and I decided to go on my own, which is a big deal for a, for a male adult. You, you don't go to things on your own. But in fact, it was probably one of the best things I did. I went there and in the queue, I really, I hadn't been to much wrestling live before this. Um, we weren't the type of family that travelled to Manchester or London just to go and see a wrestling show. My parents aren't interested in it. And my mates weren't interested in it. Um, so it was, it just wasn't something that was done. Um so it was one of my first rest, proper wrestling shows. I've been to local shows, and nine times out of ten, I come out disappointed. UK's at that show at that time were tribute shows, and they'd have the UK Undertaker, and the Croc, and the big red cane machine. Um, I think one was called the the Legend of Doom, and I think that's actually Paige's dad, Ricky Knight. You did get to see a little bit of the likes of Frankie Sloan and Robbie Brookside thrown in now. Frankie Sloan's a local wrestler. He's still still wrestling, I believe, but he's um Robbie Brookside was the one he he was the one with all the talent and obviously with NXT now and the performance centre. But that was the, the main exposure I'd had and you usually come out disappointed with your foam finger. Yeah, them type of shows. So going back to standing outside the Liverpool Olympia, which isn't in the best part of Liverpool. Liverpool sometimes gets a bad name, but it's got some beautiful places and city centre's absolutely stunning. This wasn't one of the places that was stunning. It still isn't. And we were stood outside and we were going into... We did like a pre-show thing. Um, and it was a press conference and um, there was a few people doing signings, not many, and you were able to buy some merch. And I got talking to this guy called Gareth, who I'm still Facebook friends with at the moment. Um, I haven't seen him for a number of years. I, I'm sure he's doing okay. Um, but he's off the wrestling scene now. Every time I throw up an old school ECW um, status on Facebook or a picture or a video, he'll always like it. So he's a good, he's a good kid. Uh, he's a Liverpoolian though, so that, that tends to uh, tends to go in the uh, con column of the pro and con list. And it was just so nice because all these people were talking to each other, and I think that's that's real, really the beauty of pro wrestling. Um, the the people you meet along the way is a part of your pro wrestling fandom. The amount of very good 
friends for life that I've made through this has been fantastic. But we get in, and it's uh, they're doing a press conference, and it was basically fans. There was no press there, and it was a Q and A session, and there was two guys um, first up, and it was Davy Richards, who I hadn't seen much of, and uh, Matt Sidell. Uh, who I, I had seen a bit of and was obviously, uh, again, another really talented high flyer. Um, and the the funny thing was, the, the usual wrestling geekdom of comes into play, doesn't it? Of, who was your favourite growing up? Where's your best place to perform? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm as guilty of it as the next man. And I'll quite happily call myself a wrestling geek. However, throughout this, all these, these geeky rotund wrestling fans there was a bar open and there was two scouse girls working the bar and if you know scouse girls they're hard to deal with um there was an old saying um and it was uh for every uh for every strong independent scouse woman there's a scouse fella behind her mumbling to himself fucking hell she's hard work so they're the type of people you're dealing with, but generally they are good, funny and loud people. So all these questions are being asked and Matt Seidel was saying, oh, I, I'd love one day to wrestle in this place or that place. And then the guy who's got the microphone says, we've actually got a, got a message from the bar, a question from the bar. The, these two young ladies would like to ask both of you a question. And she grabs the mic flicking her ear and she says how would you and him like to have a tag team with me and air after the show there was nervous laughter from the wrestling fans i was killing myself laughing and david richards and both both david richards and matt sidell whereas the rick flair would be like room 606 at the marriott be there they just got really, really quite shy and embarrassed and started laughing and thanked them. <laughs> so I don't know whether that little orgy ever happened or not. If you know, please come over to us on Twitter and let us know. At House of Honor Pod. You see, I'm getting it. I'm getting this Twitter thing. Liverpool Olympia is at that well at that point was it, it was broken down. It was dilapidated grandeur and um i went there for the nxt uk tapings um before the blackpool takeover show and they've really spent a lot of money improving the place it's good to see and i know on the roh boards years ago they used to call it the hammerstein of europe um which is quite good unfortunately the way the roh usually shoots well always shoots the olympia uh, you're looking at the stage, um, whereas when WWE shot it or NXT UK, you're looking back and you can see how nice it is. You can see the the floor, and then there's an elevated floor level, and then behind that, there's two theater balconies, um, and it, it looks impressive. Um, and there was over a thousand people there for this ROH show, and and that was great, but. Going back to the press conference quickly. It was Nigel McGuinness head to head with Daniel, well, Brian Danielson, sorry, I've got that, I used to call him Daniel Bryan. 
And Nigel McGuinness was the ROH Pure Champion. And the Pure Champion was an awful concept. I think it had been done before. Um, but during a match for the Pure uh, title, I'm pretty sure it could change by disqualification or via um, via countout. And you only had three rope breaks per person. So if you know, you're in a submission hold and grab the rope three times, the last time, after the, those three times, then you could, it wouldn't be a rope break, it, it would, the hole wouldn't be broken, and you could tap out. It was a good concept, and it was a, it, it, I think it had ran its course, um, but this unification match was coming up with the ROH world title. And at the press conference, because when you're going to a show, and I, and I was new into the company, and it's a unification match. As a wrestling fan, you, you're looking at ways out, aren't you? You're thinking, well, is it going to be a, a dusty finish or what have you? Which way are we going to get screwed? And it was announced at that press conference or that Q&A that there's going to be a double champion tonight. No count out, no DQ. And if the time limit goes, they'll go into sudden death or whatever you want to call it. So it was... Uh, it was it, it was good times to know that and that, that show was one of the first sort of moments because it was as I say it was one of my first proper show that I was going to and especially the main event um Nigel Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson back and forth it's one of the legendary show shows it's one of the legendary matches from ROH it's still in my I, I can never decide whether it's my favorite match I've seen live, it's between that and an ROA, uh, sorry, a Rev Pro show, where I saw AJ Styles, Marty Scale, and Will Ospreay for the Rev Pro title, and that was just phenomenal. Pardon the pun. But yeah, I I think this one just just shades it the McGuinness and the Danielson because of the ending. Um. We didn't quite know um, how well it went down. It didn't seem to go down well being there live because a lot of people couldn't see. It was the elbows, down the face and elbows, um, where Danielson had his arms trapped. And he was just striking and striking. And it was an MMA finish. It was a ref stoppage. And it was something that I can't remember being done that much, uh, especially in such a high-profile match. But I, I was at the right angle to see it. And... I think I learned after that that quite a few of the friends of me were all at that show, um, so that's that's um, that's good times. After the match or after the uh, after the main events, we went to a pub called the Olympia, which is over the road, and there was two seventy-year-olds fighting with each other, fellas. Um, one was upset with the other because this fella's dog was doing tricks in the pub. And the other 70-year-old plus fella thought he was making his dogs do tricks to impress his wife. So he punched him. So we had to separate that. So, uh, again, going back to the kind of area that it is, not not the best. What I want to do now is I want to proudly, proudly exclaim we, on our first ever podcast, have got a sponsorship, an affiliate sponsorship, by a fantastic company called Beer 52. So it's a craft beer delivery subscription box. So what they want to do for you 
is they want to give you a free case of beer just because you're a listener of this show. And we'd like to thank all the guys there at Beer 52 who have been fantastic with us. So all you need to do is just go to beer52.com forward slash H-O-H pod. That's www.beer52.com forward slash H-O-H pod. And there you can claim a free case and it's a perfect chance to get some uh, special beers in. It's the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club. And you'll be searching out, they search out for you incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest breweries and bring them back to you. This month, I've been lucky enough to delve into their rugby box with the Six Nations going on. As part of Beer 52's Rugby Nation case, um, you can try amazing craft beers from each of the six countries and from greatest brewers, including England's Five Point Juicy Pale Ale, which I have not yet had yet, but I've heard good things for about Italy's Aura, O-R-A, and that's an, which I have tried. I tried it the other night. Uh, a credible Italian New England IPA. And this is another one that I also had last night. It was a, a very relaxing evening. It's um, Ireland's White Hag, Little Thorn Session IPA, and that was just delightful. You can enjoy all these carefully selected craft beers while watching the rugby or watching a pay-per-view or maybe even while watching on a club. You can pick your favourite and rate them at beer52.com as well. Which beer will win in your uh, selection? Just to say at this point as well, if you do, don't do like dark beers, which I do, um, I, like, I just like beer, um, but you can request not to have dark ales also you'll be able to read all about these beers and how they're made because you can get uh, as part of the box you get uh, a copy of ferment magazine and you also get like a beery snack as well um again i haven't tried that just yet but uh it does look incredible as i said as a listener of our show you can get your first case for free just pay 5.95 postage and you'll get eight incredible craft beers the magazine which is ferment magazine and a snack and it's delivered the next day. It's a no, well, I think it's next working day. Uh, there's no minimum commitment, so you can just try the free case if you wish to. However, if you're a beer lover like me, it may well be uh, investing it worth investing in monthly. I think it will. It is going to be worth investing in monthly. Just be as I said. Just visit www.beer52.com forward slash hohpod. That's the word beer five two dot com forward slash hoh pod so that's how i got into roh since um since that show at the liverpool olympia i attended another fair the two shows which i think was the fifth year festival there uh, night one and night two it was the well at that point they thought it was the last show of the uh, samoa joe for roh I've been at War of the Worlds at Liverpool Olympia. I've been down in London to watch it at York Hall. Um, and I've been able to see ROH stars through, through the likes of Rev Pro and Preston City Wrestling, which is not too far from me, when they weren't actually touring um, directly over here. Um, I've been lucky enough to be to two Supercards um, 
Supercar de Ramos, uh, the one that was done in Lakeland in Florida uh, during the WrestleMania 33 weekend, and also fantastic event last year at um, the Uno Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, I believe it was called, which was, to be fair, an absolutely incredible arena. When you went outside, there was loads of people. I think it was 6,500 people. It was the biggest show to date for ROH. And as we come in, um, the Kingdom were doing the conspiracy angle, and Matt Taven was on top of a truck with megaphone, um, and they were calling out people in Bullet Club shirts because they were getting favoured in the Young Bucks. It was great, and they were really, really funny as well. But what I am excited about even more so is I am actually going to the G1 Supercard. I'm going with Dan, who does the main show of Wrestle Newspaper, um, sorry, wrestling newspaper, and there's going to be a, f- a few of us. Neil, one of our friends, is going, and Chris, and of course, there's going to be about nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety-eight other people there as well. Um, so this is this is this is a special thing for me because it's a pilgrimage. It sounds cheesy, but since I was a kid, this thing that we loved. Um, you you love because you're listening to this. You've seen these f- f- classic matches from Madison Square Garden, and it's a pilgrimage to the mecca of professional wrestling. Um, I don't believe that any concrete matches have been announced yet because obviously ROH has got the seventeenth uh, uh, anniversary show. Seventeenth man, I was at the fifth. Ah, oh, that makes me feel old. Um. But if you wanna, if you wanna have a look at it, a good little YouTube video, it, there's one. Uh, if you just type in on YouTube, Bully Ray MSG, and it's him talking about the importance of Madison Square Garden and what it means as a wrestling fan. It's very, very good. Um, I am a fan of Bully Ray's promos. Um, he gets his emotion over so well. But what I want to talk about now is what's happening in ROH, um, especially over the course of these last couple of weeks. Final battle on what's happened since. It doesn't feel like um, a new chapter. It feels like the next volume of the series, if you can understand what I mean. The the way in which the guys from who the elite guys have gone, it was well done. Was it was a really good show, uh, final battle. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. But when we were in New Orleans, I remember coming back. I was staying with Dan, um, in a hotel, just um, just outside New Orleans, where you felt like there was a drive by going on every five minutes. And we got back and to try and keep our minds off off the gunshots outside. We yeah uh, we were talking about. Because he'd been to NXT, I'd been to uh, Supercard. And we were talking about the shows. And we both said about what's going to happen if New Japan ever pull the talents from ROH. Now, obviously, since this year's gone on, this relationship's just gone from strength to strength. So I don't see it going to be a major issue, to be quite honest with you. However, what has impressed me is since the elite guys have gone and... This new era of ROH has come in. It's been done with a yeah. There's been no the panic signings. It's not your 
oh, who's free and who's available? Let's throw three million a punk or whatever it may be. There was none of it. It was calculated and it was subtle. And to me, it's very impressive. You look at people that they've brought in. PCO. Fucking mad bastard. But I love him because this guy is coming. Sorry, uh, just had me uh, attention distracted because stupid Dan from the Pro Wrestling newspaper podcast has texted me non-stop and I wish he'd stop. But yeah, he's a mad, mad, crazy bastard PCO. But what I love about him is that cunt is in his 50s and yet he's still so passionate and really wants to hit the big time in pro wrestling. He was talking last year after the Evolve shows about getting a WrestleMania match and you just think this guy who's spent most of his life probably hasn't earned a great deal of money from pro wrestling may have earned a fair living. You know, he's been shit talked that many times by the likes of Kevin Nash and whoever whoever wants to listen um from the from the click. He's been shit talked that many times and been a laughing stock. And yet he's throwing himself around, he's he's creating a new character, he, he he's all, all in, again, pardon the pun. Brody King, the other new recruits of Villain Enterprises, um impressive um i've seen him with with an arrow sorry with an evolve a few times and don't get me wrong i do think there's a certain amount of polishing that needs to be done but again a really stable signing that could be built built well and if it's done correctly which i think roh can do their booking seems to be done very very well in my opinion which is probably a very old school opinion but Brody King made up to have him there. Jeff Cobb. Wow. I know he was signed a few months ago. However, this guy is going to be put at the forefront. He's a future world champion. Um, he can carry that company on his rather large shoulders. Yeah, he, he, he can go forward and take that. What a worry is, obviously, the, the mic skills. Um, somebody's on obviously going to have to work with him and and help him or there needs to be a manager put with him if he's really going to truly break that glass ceiling fantastic fantastic acquisition and well well done to ROH for pushing him to where he is at the moment other people like Tracy Williams um, bringing certain people in from uh, New Japan Dave Finley um, Juice Robinson and Zack Sabre Jr if you can get these guys working there and working a good schedule and keeping them involved, not necessarily in main storylines, but certainly in something as as a little bit of an extra, a garnish, if you will. ROH has got a good future coming up. I'm excited to see what it brings. I've been looking over the, the last few, ta- the Atlanta tapings, if you want to call them that, from a historic WCW venue centre stage. Um... And you've seen the likes of Tracy Williams and David Finley, fantastic match. And then Bandido versus Mark Haskins. Mark Haskins, another one. Um a little bit bored of him in because I see him quite often in the UK scene. But it's 
fresh matches with him, and it's generally a fresh approach from ROH. There's a lot of things that we haven't seen before, and a lot of future matchups that are going to be fresh. Adding him to Lifeblood, and these two matches that we're speaking of now, Bandido versus Mark Haskins, fantastic match for a television match, absolutely amazing. Um, these two matches were the birth of Lifeblood, um, which happens later on in the, in the tapings, but great to watch. It's an easy hour of television. Um, there was an NWA heavyweight title match between Nick Aldis and PJ Black, and it was a very meh match. Now, I know most of you will probably think, well, Nick Aldis is a very meh wrestler. However, I like the gravitas he brings. That NWA championship, the, the Dome Globe, it, it looks... It looks old world and it looks special to me. But it's the way he wears it. It's the way he turns up. He looks like a champion. It's an old cliche, obviously. You know, the the champion's wearing suits. But he looks smart. He speaks well. And he wrestles a certain style, which isn't for everyone. And surprisingly, it's very much a WWE style. Um, but not that there's anything wrong with that. He gels it well with a lot of people. Unfortunately, he didn't gel well with PJ Black on this particular uh, match. I'm pretty sure I'd seen him on a championship wrestling from uh, from Hollywood match, and I don't think it went well either. Though. Um, so it wasn't one of my favourite matches. It certainly wasn't my favourite match on the card. Um, the six-man mayhem was so fun. Um, Shane Taylor won against uh, Chris Sabin, Flip Gordon, Kenny King. Luchasaurus... How have I not mentioned Luchasaurus? What a what a fantastic gimmick that is. And the resurgence of Red Titus as well. Somebody who I thought was maybe a little bit of a no-hoper. He seems to be getting a little bit of traction from the fans as well. One of the fun, most fun teams I've seen for a long time. And purely fun. The bouncers. Brian Malonis. 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 Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser. These guys, you just know you're going to get five minutes of fun. You're probably not going to get much more than that. Um, but the, the, the I think on this one they faced there, uh, Griff Garrison, Marcus Cross again. They seem to be doing a lot of um, a lot of the dark matches, and they've been turning up here, there, and everywhere. Um, Shinobi Shadow Squad in a six man. Again, I'm not overly. Eli Isom seems to impress me, but Cheeseburger, and I think it's the other guys, Ryan Nova, they're just they're there and they're in that spot for a reason, and I'm not having a go at them. They're doing far better than I could ever do. Um, but the, the, it, nothing excites me about them. Um, there was a three-way match between uh, Madison Rain, and I think she beat Jenny Rose and Sumi Sakai. Um not a Sumi Sakai fan um, at all. Um, Jenny Rose eh, seems to be. I, I'm quite new to watching her. Um, Madison Reigns, Madison Reigns. And you know, much more. We all know who she is. She offers an average match. Um, tag team. Uh, ta I think it was a 10 man tag match um, at the end. Lifeblood versus the ROH team, or whatever you call them. So, Bandido, Dave Finley, Juice Robinson, Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams, 
versus uh, I think it was Jay Lethal supposedly captain captain in them. Uh, Dalton Castle, Flip Gordon, Jeff Gobb, and Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham, another one I just like to point out, his match with Zack Sabre Junior. Oh, fantastic! And and with um, Tracy Williams as well. Um, excellent. Just what I like to see. I appreciate the likes of Jonathan Gresham and Zack Sabre Junior a lot more on television because when I see them live. You're looking up towards the ring, so a lot of their mat work and the subtleties in terms of the facial expressions, especially what Zack Sabre Jr. does, they can get lost in a live environment. But when you watch them on the TV and you've got that that, that all-round view, it's fantastic. Dalton Castle looked the best that I've seen him look for a long time in this match. And obviously he's had his injury problems and what have you. So just to wrap up, I want to have a quick look ahead at the ROH 17th anniversary show. I really want to go to one of these shows. Um, Samstown, Las Vegas. Yes, that would do me. Wrestling, beer, and gambling. Um, that that just that is the Nirvana. That's where you want to be. But unfortunately, it clashes with my most fun week of the year. Um, the month before WrestleMania weekend. I am a WWE uh, WWE fan. I love all wrestling. Um. I'm not going to sit there and bash anyone's style or I'm not going to say that international wrestling is good and WWB is bad or indie is great. And this is, There's a certain... WWE brings in new fans who will later become ROH fans. There's no way about it. They do the best they can. They bring in kids. They bring in a mainstream audience. Um, I will not sit here and criticise anything that WWE, New Japan, ROH do. Because it's subjective and there's going to be people there who love it, people there who don't so much love it. But looking ahead at the 17th anniversary show, after I went off on a bit of a tangent, um, it's the Iwatani versus Kelly Klein, uh, Mayu Iwatani. Um, I can never say her name. I've seen her about three or four times. Always impressed me. Kelly Klein, I want to be impressed by. She's got a great look. A lot of her ring work is really solid and she gets the crowd excited and up. However, we've we've seen her at that level for quite some time now. Personally, I like her. I like her as a performer, but I'd like to see her go uh, a little bit higher. Um, Kenny King versus Marty Scale. <sighs> don't have a great love for Kenny King. I don't know whether it's just because I've seen him for that long and the stories that he's involved in and the angles. Just never seemed to come to much. Um, there's never that payoff. I'm a big fan of Marty Scale. I have been for a long time. Uh, we stayed in the same hotel in Orlando and he was very nice to me. I uh, took a selfie with him and he, I said to him, uh, I've got to try and make, make myself look thin uh, on the picture, which obviously I couldn't do without a fucking surgeon. And he was quite humble enough to say to me, um, well, if you're trying to make yourself look thin, you need to make me look tall. Really nice guy. I've, I say, met him a couple of times at shows and always very nice to fans. Uh, Bandido versus, I think it's Rush or Rush. I haven't seen a great deal of Rush or Rush, whatever his name is. Um, but they're great things. Bandido, he's a, he, he, is, he could well be the next big thing, the, the next whatever you, you know Rey Mysterio he could go that he, he, he seems to be able to go that far everything he does seems to look slick 
a lot of the time with high flyers and the exception of maybe Osprey and Ricochet, there there can be times when you just think, oh, that doesn't look so smooth. But nine times out of ten, Bandido looks absolutely amazing. Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven. I would love to be able to call someone a Melvin with the intent of Matt Taven and the, the sarcasm and the... Oh, just walk around work calling people Melvins all day and, and them not really knowing what it means but knowing it's an insult. That would be fantastic. And the match, I've got to be honest, that I'm most looking forward to. Um, I think there may be one or two more, probably one at least, uh, matches announced. But the Briscoes, um, them boys... Jay and Mark Briscoe, I saw you smoking weed outside the Olympia that time. Versus Villain Enterprises of Brody King and PCL. And with this, it's the tag team title, and whoever wins goes on to face uh, Gorillas of Destiny for a double title match, a winner-takes-all match for the ROH World Title, World Tag Team Championship, and the IWGP Tag Team Championship at the G1 Supercard. How good does that sound if you see PCO as a double champion? Fabulous, fabulous stuff. I feel like I've witted on far too long. Thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, please do go over and have a look at our sponsors. They help us immensely. And that's beer52.com forward slash HOH pod. You can find me on Twitter, ROH dude, at ROH dude. And you can also find the show at House of Honor, spelt the American way, pod. At House of Honor, pod on Twitter. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed today. Um, In the future weeks, we will have more people involved in the show. It won't just be me going on about history and being cantankerous and talking about myself. Because I do that and I enjoy doing that. I enjoy talking about myself. I'm a delight. I'm signing off now, the memory man, the delight himself. Danny is saying goodbye. Have a good day and a good week. Come on, man. Don't call it a comeback.